0: Hello and welcome to the unofficial unsanctioned Women's UCI cycling show. My name is Dan, and with me as always to discuss an incredible amount of women's cycling is my beloved friend Sarah. How are you, Sarah?
1: I'm alright. It's been we're so sorry that we missed last week and then we're late this week and it's all traumatic, it's all, isn't it's all
0: it? turned to pot, as they say. Um I was I was horrendously unwell last week and when I say horrendously, I mean mostly I had, like, FIFA visions as I, as I hallucinated in bed and stuff, um, which probably could have made, to be honest, a pretty trippy and kind of cool podcast, but wouldn't have been a women's cycling podcast, so we forwent it.
1: We did, but, oh, the cycling hasn't stopped. We're not going to go through everything. I got very excited about the Paralympics, and I my my sole goal in this podcast is to make Dan excited about the Paralympics
0: too. <laughs> Look, there was heaps going on, and I, you know, as you know, didn't see much of it. I did see a little bit of the, the time trials, which was very, very cool. I did also see, um, and, you know, not to open on a massive downer, but I did see some really sad news about uh, the Iranian... Um, Paralympic cyclist, uh, bah- I forgive me, I'm gonna pronounce this poorly, but Bachman Golbanajad from uh, from Iran who had an accident in the men's C four, C five road race.
1: Yeah, and died. Yeah. And it's just like shit, this is apparently the first Paralympians who have died in competition. And it was a it was a kind of oh, I dunno, like we just had obviously about how we thought that Annemiek van Vleuten might have died mm. in mm. the in the Olympic road race. And so this was a really weird thing because, first of all, it came out, the news was out that he's died, and then the news was out that he hadn't died, he's been taken. And then the news, the really yeah. tragic news was confirmed by the Iranian Paralympic Committee and by the Paralympics themselves that he died, and mm. he'd apparently had a crash and had a heart attack and and died. They don't know why. and And part of this is because it wasn't televised. So I mean and I'm glad because you know, last yeah. thing we need to see is is you know that it would be, oh look here, let's watch this moment which is, you know
0: yeah.
1: sometimes yeah. mainstream media tends to, to do with crashing. But yeah, so
0: Yeah, so I mean that thoughts. was that was very, very sad news. So all all of which is to say um that's a real tragedy and, and you know, our hearts go out to um, obviously the Iranian Paralympic team and, and also the other cyclists. You know, like it's it's always traumatic and it's a very uh, – particularly with with para sports, it's a very close-knit community because um, the, the number of athletes is smaller and uh, the number of opportunities for um, international competition is smaller. So, you know, they, they yeah. are – but even, there's
1: a couple of athletes talking about it, go, look, I, I never talked to him, I never met him, because, you know, the Paralympics is sometimes the only time that these people come together, and he was mm. the only Iranian cyclist. Mm. And so it's not like they're going to be as close as, for example, a Belgian to a Dutch rider, but it still means a lot, because cycling is dangerous, and yeah. and it is dangerous, and and it's like lucky will it's it's luck that stops a lot of crashes becoming much worse than they are like um i mean this this week also um the australian bmx rider sam willoughby he crashed and has broken his back and yeah they they don't know whether he's going to be able to walk again mm. and there's a fundraiser um there's a fundraiser if you you know if, for for him because um i think he he's based out in the states so it's you know it's not like it's not like if he'd have crashed in you know what I mean, in Aussie. Yeah. Well, yeah he'd yeah. have he'd he'd have had the medical medical treatment. But yeah, it's it's um
0: it's, it's really sad. It's just very, very sad and, and tough news. So um Yeah, you know, and he can
1: apparently he can't feel below his chest. Yeah. And you know, and I mean and, and he's only twenty five and and it's these things happen. Um, yeah, and it's and it's terrible. And I think we have to just remember that about cycling is basically my you know my, my, my bottom. You know the kind of the kind of yeah. bottom line.
0: Uh, well, as you say, it's, um, a, it's a dangerous sport. There's a high level of risk to it, and and it is, you know, important to to be mindful of that and um, and appreciative of, of how fortunate so many riders are. Um,
1: yeah. yeah, I mean, if you want to find if you want to donate, he's got a um. A, it's called Strength for ninety one. Ninety one is his 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 number. Um. So. They've raised like thirteen thousand pounds but they're for dollars, but they're aiming for two hundred thousand dollars which, you know, I mean, as a British person, the fact that you you know, the fact that your first thoughts in after, you know, oh shit is how we're going to pay for the rehab is, is, is just horrific. So, you know, I I hope it's okay and, and my you know it's sad. It's very sad. Yeah.
0: yeah. It is, it is. <sighs> All of which is to say that um you know, would be quite pleased to to hear some great news, and and <laughs> you know, I'm sure there was plenty of exciting action in the Paralympics. So please, please do give me reasons to be filled with joy and celebration.
1: <laughs> okay, well, okay. Let's just remind you. Um, you probably know this, but within para cycling, um, all para sports, they have there's a number and a letter on the categorization. Yeah? Yep. And the number in cycling goes from one to five, where one means that your disability most impacts on your ability to cycle, and five means that it least impacts your your, your, your ability to cycle. And I have a really interesting thing, and I I saw it a lot in people watching it, but I also saw it in myself, where sometimes you look at a rider coming out of the start gate, and she'll only have one leg, and you'll think, wow, God, that's so much harder than, than than. she's she's riding there and i kind of forgot that a well i forgot how cycling works but also i forgot (laughs) that sometimes unseen disabilities are much bigger than visible disabilities right true
0: True.
1: and what i forgot and was reminded by by the fantastic greta nymanus who's a usa cyclist who couldn't be in the she had a terrible crash and had her concussion and head injuries meant that she basically was told you can't ride you can't race again which is gutting. She's a paracyclist mm, mm. Or, uh, anyway. Um, she said, well, no, because it's coming out of a standing start, got upper arm injuries, who, who can't, or, or who've got disabilities that affect how much they can pull on the bars, are more impacted by their disability than a rider who's got like one leg or half a leg. Right. And this is going to be the same in, you know, and basically not being able to pull on the bars is. Is sometimes, more, is, is sometimes more difficult than riding with the prosthesis or riding even with only one leg. And it's and it's a really interesting thing because I fall into this too. And I guess part of it is that dramatic photo moment. You know, like you see a picture of a rider who's got a prosthesis or who's got a missing limb, and you're like, wow, that's all about cycling and overcoming, you know what I mean, overcoming disability and cycling anyway. Wow, that's so, you know, that's so dramatic. Mm, mm. Whereas seeing a person who... In heavily inverted commas, doesn't look like they're disabled,
0: right? Is, yeah, yeah. Y- you know. Yep, yep, yeah. Well, it's it's that. I mean, it's it's exactly um, that problem of perception. You know, what we what we can witness directly um, has a bigger impact than what we might know. Um, you know, in a more textbook way.
1: Yeah, yeah, and it's so it's so it's it was interesting kind of catching my own um catching my own thoughts about this. So I'm not going to talk about all the results, but I have got all the women's results on our blog ProWomenScycling.com. dot com, um, and I also because the road races weren't being shown, yeah, live. all the track races were which pretty much all the track races were shown live, but the road races weren't. I've got links in our sites to all the video i could find and quite a lot of it's geo-restricted and it's really really annoying because you don't know just by looking at it whether it's restricted or not because this one may be fine and this one isn't oh my god um but i've also put some things about some of the women who were racing in the paralympic road races because you know we didn't have we didn't have the 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 um the commentary to tell us all about it and there's some really amazing stories and 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 you know, I've got to say that that impacts what I think is exciting too. Yeah. yeah. So, so for example, um, there's a there's a rider called Megan Gelia who's British, who, she wasn't, she uh, four years ago, she wasn't disabled, but she's had this big stroke and become disabled within the last within the, within the Paralympic cycle, and has been um you know racing, and it was quite interesting because some of the disabled commentators uh, on the last leg show were saying that that was quite, that was very, you know, that that made them feel, wow, you know, just sort of a quick reminder that some of these Paralympians weren't, weren't disabled even in London yeah
0: you know? yeah well and it's have it been battling it, is it all their those, life yeah exactly it's one of those interesting things where you know some people are born with with a condition or or you know um a, a partial limb missing or something for example um and and have literally a lifetime of adapting to it and some athletes you know are coming to it from a very different place and I mean, I think this is part of what I find really interesting about the the not just Paralympics themselves, but para sports in in general is just um, the. I mean, we talk a lot in in just our normal coverage of, of women's cycling about the power of the stories behind the races and stuff, and and mm. behind the athletes, and the the stories behind para athletes in particular are just uh, astounding, you know, um, and and sometimes quite confronting and sometimes you know very very um you know challenging um to yeah. to to know what people have have gone through and then to to still have the drive and passion to Uh, follow a sport and achieve at the highest levels available to them is is really interesting but it's also interesting too in terms of uh, i you know and we've talked about this a little bit before how the classification system by its nature is is reasonably complex because you're trying to account for all these different kinds of of um athletes and different levels of abilities and different types of abilities um but also not turn it into two trillion races of one person in each category you know
1: yeah and and we had and we see this a lot with all the times with the timed events for example the c1 to three categories were in it together and i hadn't realized that they factor so they factor the times in Mm. so that and it's something like um a c1 rider is is 90 you know, is basically her time her finishing time is counted as 91 you know she has a factor of 91 percent which means that she's you know given a factor of nine percent to get her you know to, to look at what her factored time is right. so that they're kind of and it's and it's not very it's not perfect and it's really, and that was interesting too, because uh, and that only really kept that doesn't count in the road race. I, one of the other things I just want to go back to about riders and their disabilities is mm. when I interviewed Alex Green, Alex Lisney, now post marriage, the Aussie rider. She said that all her life she didn't think of herself as disabled. You know, she has cerebral yeah. palsy, but she never, you know, she she was always living in this world where she wasn't disabled, and she said it was quite a mental headspace to get into to think of herself as disabled in order to compete in para sports.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And I feel like that's a that's that's it's, fascinating in itself it's, too, it's because it's fascinating
0: and it's kind of it kind of feels like a powerful metaphor. <laughs> you know, like it's it's when we when we talk about um, you know, the visibility of of, um, disabled people in society and, and, you know, simple practical things like wheelchair access to buildings and stuff like that. You know, these are things that often get neglected or or overlooked or or eye-rolled at or whatever. But, you know, there is that that kind of real power to the thing of that's actually not how I saw myself. Um, Yeah. Yeah, yeah
1: it's 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 fascinating that you know that i didn't see myself as disabled but then people told me i could compete in para sports and i was always sporty so what that you know that's that's a kind of that's a really really interesting thing Mm. so i'm not going to go through all of the results but i just want to talk about so for example megan julia who i mentioned had 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 wasn't disabled she'd been dedicating each of her races to um, and to other people who'd had strokes yep. who, she'd, who she'd come across which i thought was an amazing thing you know like there's that that link between sporting heroism in inverted commas and everyday heroism yeah
0: you know that yeah. you
1: that, that that's that's just fascinating so megan megan Giglia won the c1 to three individual pursuit ahead of jamie whitmore from usa and eliza norbury's from the Netherlands and Norbruce and Norbruce went on to win the 500 meters C one to three. And um, she's a cat two rider, um, 500 meter time trial. And then she went to win the road time trial on the road as well. And Norbruce ended up as the, uh, as the flag bearer for the closing ceremony, which oh, is cool. just, you know, which is really, really cool. And the Dutch yeah. had a pretty good, I mean, the, the Brits and Americans and the Dutch all had a great Paralympics. Um, so some of my top moments um sarah story dame sarah story who's british she won the c5 um individual pursuit which made her wasn't
0: that like a record-setting gold medal winning haul for her or something
1: that was so when she won the c5 individual pursuit that made her the most decorated female paralympian um, she then went to, so with her that was her twelfth paralympic gold right. she then went to won, went on to win her thirteenth in the um itt in the c five itt and then her fourteenth in the um c one to five right. c sorry, c four to five road race so sarah 's story had a pretty bloody good Paralympics. yeah
0: yeah yeah and 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 she 's also a dame um, which means she 's in line to become the king of England or something and and basically, is a bit of a overachiever by the sounds of it.
1: Yeah. So yeah. Some yeah. That's exactly it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: No. <laughs> I mean, that's how. That's how. Isn't that? I'm sure that's how British politics work. Like the most most successful uh, female cyclist who is also a dame becomes the next king. I'm pretty sure that's in your constitution.
1: Yeah, that's exactly right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Cool. I mean, it makes as much sense as anything else in that bloody country. So. Yeah.
1: Well, I feel sorry for Crystal Lane, who's also a C5 rider, because Crystal Lane was second in the IP and she was third in the road race behind um, behind uh, Sarah Story. But like, because the British Paralympians have been doing so, 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 so well, like gold, and silver, and bronze just didn't cut it. Like it had to be gold, and it had to be multiple golds to oh. kind of get
0: them, oh. get
1: the attention. And oh, I feel really, God. sorry feel really sorry.
0: This is is just British colonialism run amok yet again. Like you guys, is never satisfied unless you're bringing home all the gold. Like
1: (laughs) no, well, we did have our most successful Paralympics ever, but it's been quite interesting because one of those reasons was because, of course, the Russians weren't there so i think we came second in the medals table overall right. and, and it's fantastic because we didn't this didn't used to be the case this is kind of and it's partly about you know how people you know there were lots and lots of paralympians who hadn't even been paralympic athletes um in in at the last you know at, in london yeah and so there's something about para sports and and we have incredibly good tv coverage of the paralympics here in the uk like incredibly Uh, We have the last leg, which is the kind of you know comedy show that we talked about in the last podcast. We have, you know, it's Channel Four, which is mainstream free-to-air TV, doing fantastic. You know, just really good coverage. So it's kind of one of those things where you think, yeah, if you have to, if you're in Australia, for example, your coverage is coming only if you've got Foxtel.
0: Yeah, which fucking Foxtel. Anyway, yes.
1: But this it just gave me the shivers because there's. And then you read people's stories you know, and you read people's stories about how um uh say for example um Amanda Cameron who's a kiwi cyclist a kiwi uh, a blind and visually blind of visually impaired kiwi tandem rider, and she at the last paralympics didn't you know didn't she she got a visual uh, she's got a um she's visually impaired she's got a hearing disability as well right and she just didn't know that she could do sports and sometime i think it was in 20, 2013 she found out about um uh philippa i want to think say it's philippa gray who is the amazing kiwi tandem rider yep the jim kiwi tandem rider and and thought hang on i could do that
0: yeah basically you know? had a, a moment of um of someone to look up to
1: Yeah, and I could do that. And so she's she's riding the other ride, you know, and then you've got um, (laughs) one of my favorite riders, uh, just because her story is so funny. She's one of the youngest paracyclists there. Amanda Reed. She's an she's a um, an indigenous Australian, Aboriginal Australian who she's 19 years old. And she's only been cycling for like less than a year, track cycling for less than a year. And she won silver in the 500 meters TT. Nice. And then she just rode the road races for fun um, because she's new. But she was in the last Paralympics where she was one of the very youngest Paralympians as a swimmer. Because although she did lots of sports, swimming will let you compete under 18.
0: Oh, right. Oh, isn't that interesting? So ah, she was so, 15- I mean, this is something we're also finding out about Paralympians, isn't it? They're, they're 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 not averse to finding a way to skirt around the rules, are they? You know, oh, well, only one sport lets me lets me compete if I'm under eighteen. I'll do that then.
1: <laughs> yeah, but she has to be. She had to be bloody good at it. Do you know what I mean? Because Australia's yeah. Australia yeah, yeah. Is the top, but yeah. So she's only been cycling for only been track cycling for like less than a year, and she's just awesome. Like yeah. just awesome, and it's um it's it's fun so yeah. so it's 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 a kind of good um good happy uh a good happy happy thing so i'm just laughing because dan just sent me some (laughs)
0: skype i found i found skype emoji just for those playing along at home so So he
1: just sent me a skype emoji of a gold medal a cyclist and a happy skippy woman (laughs)
0: Which you know, so, it just seemed appropriate to the conversation. So you know,
1: You don't do this. We're not all the time talking on Skype while we're talking because because as you can see, I get distracted. Yeah, this outside. is
0: this is literally the first time we've tried it, and it's been a disastrous experiment because you weren't able to play it cool at all. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, um, so who else? So other stories. Kadina Cox. Kadina Cox was one of the big stories of the games. Um, again, she wasn't. She 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 wasn't she wasn't a Paralympian in London. She's quite a young, young woman who was an athlete, but she had a, she had a stroke and then she had MS. And so she won gold and world records. First of all, she won a bronze in her athletics class in, um in the 100 meters, I think. Then she won gold in the C4 to 5, 500 meters, breaking a world record ahead of J- um, Zhu, Xiao, Zhu Fang and Ping of China. Then <laughs> She won another gold in the 238 400 metres with a new world record. And I think she got a couple of other medals and oh, was wow. just awesome, like an awesome personality. So this is the problem you've got if you're a British Paralympian, is you're sitting there going, well, okay, so Sarah, Dame Sarah's story is now the most decorated Paralympian and Kadina Cox is the first woman since, I think, 1958 or something. She's the first person since 1958 to medal in, to, to get gold medals in two different you know events in the same Paralympics. And yeah, it was all like yeah. <laughs> oh right, you've only got a gold. Yeah. Um, other moments I loved. There are so many other moments I loved, and go to our site and look up all the all the videos. But I loved um, uh, Sean Morelli, USA rider, won the C4 um, individual pursuit with Sue Powell from Australia in silver, and Meg Fisher, another USA, in bronze. And so when they had the 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 anthem, the national anthem. Uh, Sean got Meg Fisher up onto the up onto the top step with her, so they could, like, you know, arm in arm, sing the national anthem together. And they went a bit crazy with it, and then all the way through the rest of the competition, you had these like people tweeting pictures of Meg Fisher standing on things, leaning over the side of the velodrome, yelling at her American teammates. Ah, and it was, just... awesome. and so I feel like the most, I feel like the teamiest team was definitely Team USA. You know, there was just ah. that, that thing of that thing of sharing your Paralympic gold moment nice. with, yeah, with, with someone is just yeah, lovely. Yeah,
0: well, actually, and speaking of that, um, I wanted to give a, a bit of a shout out to uh, Yuri Kanama. Um, who took second in the Women's Time Trial for the Visually Impaired. um, In the tandem race. In the tandem race, yeah. Um, Because she was the first um, athlete to medal for Japan. Um, And in terms of of sharing experiences, I have a mate who lives and works in Tokyo. And um, and Yuri actually works um, not just for the same company as him, but like in the same department. So he sort of knows her. Um, And so it was like huge news in their company. So that was kind of cool too, just to... Um, the way these, these things spill over into, you know, everyday life as well.
1: Yeah, yeah, and of course, because most Paralympians can't, most Paralympians can't be full-time, full-time yeah, yeah. Paralympians like, at all, at all, like anywhere near it. Yeah. So it's, oh, and another Australian, Jess Gallagher, um, who was uh, t- who was in the tandem kilo, bronze medal behind Sophie Thornhill and Helen Scott and Larissa Clarsen and Hannie Dolman from the Netherlands. Jess Gallagher was the first Australian woman to medal in both winter and summer olympics
0: oh wow
1: so you know that's that's a really cool thing she she this was her first time cycling because she'd been a paralympic runner mm-hmm. para runner and then she'd uh, but she'd also been a para skier and there's a lot of the hand cyclists are skiers but jess gallagher she's the visually impaired stoker on the tandem bike also won medals in the in the in skiing, in yeah, yeah so yeah. In, in Sochi. So yeah, um ooh, so many, so many other stories. I the ones that made me particularly happy were um the one that was interesting was Karen Dark, who's this incredible adventurer. She'd, she was an adventurer and a mountain climber, and she became paralyzed from, um, I can't remember where, which vertebrae below, from falling off a mountain, but has since gone on to have these incredible adventures like mountain climbing, kayaking across incredible landscapes, canoeing across incredible landscapes, um, all of this stuff in a wheelchair, you know, skiing across the Arctic across greenland to get to the north pole all these inc- incredible adventures and so she won the h1 to 3 hand cycling time trial Amazing. but she won it but she won it after her bike after she dropped her chain halfway round. what i mean she was just so and she, very, it's very interesting because apparently formula one engineers had worked on her hand cycle to make it um
0: what more aerodynamic it,
1: to, or to make it more aero yeah but she'd obviously had problems with it because her chain dropped in the ITT yeah. and she actually had to pull out of the road race because of a mechanical issue
0: wow well i mean that that's that's pretty that's pretty par for the course for what you'd expect from formula 1 mechanics i mean they make <laughs> they make incredibly delicate machines so you know,
1: uh... and they but the other thing about karen dark is because the hand cycling wasn't going to be televised they um much like the they she, she fundraised she fundraised for a crowdfunder to bring a filmmaker out with her mm-hmm. so there's going to be a film about the parrot about the hen cycling oh, cool. because because you know if it's not going to be shown yeah, then
0: yeah.
1: we'll show it ourselves and so i was you know so when you have a story like that you kind of like it kind of makes you feel yeah i'm really glad you won gold and the other rider i really loved winning gold was Cristiana repper who won the h1 to 4 hand cycling road race yep. ahead of leader Doyen from korea and francesca porcelato who was riding who is competing in her 10th paralympics Whoa. because she competes across she competes across um summer and olympic and, games
0: and,
1: yeah yeah but anyway christiana Reppa, she's relative she used to be a swimmer and she's also skis but she over last winter decided that she was going to do a series of uh, videos interviewing other hand cy- you know her hand cycling heroes yeah and so she's interviewing people that she's met at hand cycling races new people absolute superstars and one of the big coaches of hand cycling yeah. and so you're like wow you've done so much to kind of promote the you know to promote the sport
0: yeah yeah
1: i'm really happy you've won and I know that that's not how it's supposed to work, but it's yeah, like it's one I mean, of those
0: nice but, things. Well, I mean, it kind of is how it's supposed to work, though, isn't it? Because, you know, like, this is how any of us fall in love with any sport is to to find a story or a person that, for whatever reason, catches our interest and and wins our admiration, you know? I mean, yeah, yeah. that's cool.
1: So, uh other stories. I was very happy that Katie George done it. I mean, I was really, really happy that Sophie Thornhill and Helen Scott, the British pair, won the tandem kilo. I was super happy that Laura Turnham and her pilot, Corin Hall, won the... Uh, tandem pursuits. Uh, I was just, you know, they're just they're just lovely people, and I've I've kind of been at a I've been at the Newport Paracycling World Cup and met the Turnham family. Just are just so supportive and so you know welcoming to other fans, and they're just lovely. But while I was obviously wanted Turnham and Hall to win the ITT, Katie George Dunleavy and even with her pilot Eve McChrystal from Ireland winning the tandem TT made me really the tandem time trial really made me happy because they'd worked so so hard and they'd been disappointed not to get a medal on the track and yeah. they were just there's this amazing photo where i think it's um katie george is just lying on the floor just gasping for air and eve is standing up just yelling yeah, because she's yeah. so excited that they've won
0: yeah. and
1: ireland doesn't ireland doesn't have a velodrome, you know like you look at the things that are in the way of paralympians anyway you know how do i fund my training how do i fund my my sport it's one thing to be british and be able to be a full-time rider but that's you know that's not everywhere and then you're like these these there are so many of these riders who don't have
0: who don't even have a velodrome yeah exactly don't even have access to the basic equipment of their sport you know
1: yeah Yeah. and it's interesting who's good at what because the germans absolutely dominated the hand cycling so dorothea byth won the h45 itt um and uh andre who was silver in the itt won the um h5 road race yeah obviously christiana repper won the h one to 4 road race and then you have the um the dutch because uh laura devan was bronze medalist in the H45 uh, ITT and silver medalist with another Dutch woman, Janssen in bronze in the road race. So you're kind of like, yeah. And then for you, Aussies, Carol Cook, Um, Carol Cook uh, in the, in London, the tricycle.
0: As she's known in Australia, good old Kaz Cook.
1: Kaz Cook, Kaz Cook, um, who in London, the tricycle races were mixed gender. So there was factoring, and she won the time trial in London, um, out of you know men's and women's. Yep. This year it's separate races, and she won both the TT and the road race. And yeah, yeah. And she said that she started riding a trike because she she says she's got MS, and she says that she thinks that riding a trike has kept her out of being in a wheelchair. Yeah, you know yeah. that it's it's, and so you know she's a really she's a really strong, interesting figure in. in trike riding yeah and a lot of this and a lot of the hand cyclists and trike riders for example are older like they they skew older to other you know other other riders Uh so it's quite it's quite interesting like looking at these yeah and a lot of the riders do a lot of other things so pretty much all the hand cyclists also do at least one other sport
0: yeah
1: and it's often winter sports so yeah um (sighs) Ah, <sighs> so can't go through all of them. I think that's the Paralympics. Yeah, I
0: it sounds like a pretty good coverage of uh, a lot of bloody good highlights, though. Um, yeah, yeah,
1: there were so many good races, and I really, really recommend you have a look on the on 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 our site, ProWomenCycling dot and just yeah. just. just kind of check them out because absolutely really and, gorgeous races
0: and despite what sarah said about you know certain geo complications which of course you can get around if you need to <laughs> oh yes of course um, vpns yes um it, it is worth a look because i mean the the sheer amount of work that she put in to to bring all that together but it's got coverage of almost everything Yeah, you know, everything that can be found is found and is there and you know it it, it it's just a it's one of those things we were actually talking about this a little bit before we started recording that you know by nature of, of opportunity and size and blah 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 parasports you know do often um, get get you know shoved to the side and pushed to the background a little bit. and the Paralympics is one time where they do actually you know really have the the same world stage and and an opportunity for a lot of this stuff to be visible and showcased even if it's not live. And so, yeah, there's just a. I mean, what I'm getting at is there's a wealth of, of stories and fascinating details and stuff to, to catch. Yeah, there. yeah. I mean,
1: one, of, one of the things was a clip that I saw on British TV, but um, was I've I've put in from Australian parallel and gets put on put on their website. Was there's a company called Ottobock who do who make prostheses and. Um, and things like that and they uh they 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 basically have this 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 workshop at rio and at the paralympics where if something goes wrong with your equipment your prosthesis your orthotic your wheelchair they'll fix it for you mm, mm. for free and they and it, they've got this great and they say you know we've seen things that we've never seen before where you know our, our engineers are having to make it up you know basically our technicians are having to make it up as they go along yeah um you know people just coming people coming down and and something's gone terribly wrong, and we make we make it work. We make it work. Yeah, and it's like wow. Oh, the other just the other one thing I just want to give a shout out to. She didn't win a medal, but Alison Jones, who is the UK, the USA flag bearer, for example, she um, did a degree in mechanical engineering, and she's in her day job works at 3D printers, where she's one of the th- where she designs and makes cheap. Her goal is to make have a company one day making cheap prosthetics yeah wow cheap personalized prosthetics
0: yeah yeah and so
1: she made she made a hands rest for one of her usa um
0: teammates teammates yeah
1: and she made her own prosthesis and it's like wow
0: that's amazing because, yeah, yeah. i mean people people might not know but one of the problems that um that is very common with prosthetics is that um they're they're bulk produced or they're wildly expensive to have them customized so that they fit the shape of of and wherever especially, you're if you're yeah. especially if you're yeah.
1: american especially if you're American especially if you know it's hard to get it under insurance anyway mm. but yeah. the idea of being able to take make a i mean three d printing dan
0: yeah Yep. Being able
1: to design something for yeah. someone personal, and it costs so much less yep. because you can three D print it.
0: Yeah. So the future isn't all terrible. You know, most of it is a lot of it. A lot of it's just doom and gloom, but some of it's good. And there
1: was, and there was a lot of that on Channel Four. And this is why I really appreciate Channel Four. <laughs> Because they'll simultaneously be celebrating the power of cyclists and say, yeah, you know what, when these people come back, they're going to have their car taken away from them because there's because of the cuts, yeah. because the cuts, the cuts the British government is making to disability, so, to, to support people, disabled people. Is this fair and right? No, it's absolutely not. Why are they, you know, so there's, there's that. Yeah. So my chapeau to Channel 4, who are always awesome and political
0: i'm I'm sure the tories are working hard to remove their funding as we speak so
1: probably um i think we should talk about we talked about the paralympics but we've also had some things that connect to the olympics yep that i was interested in so at mountain bike worlds for example caroline buchanan who was one of the absolute favorites for the for the olympic bmx but crashed in the um, in the semi final. Yeah, crashed out in the semi final. She won four cross world championships, and awesome. she has this great interview where she's talking about how she was crushed by losing the um, by by crashing out of the Olympics. Yeah. But that she's um. But that she's you know. But she's got back on her bike, and she's she's got back to it, and she's you know come back, and she's she's won the four cross worlds, and she's going to pick herself up and keep going.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's a great it's it's a fascinating thing to me too because um you know we we talk a lot about how um it's part of the sport and whatever but at the same time like having something like a crash in particular you now same with um Adamique van Vleuten after the road race when she's talking about you know this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity that she had leading the olympic road race to to then crash and miss it um you know like like that is a very particular kind of, of well, head fuck, basically. Um, yeah,
1: and especially especially when you're like Van Vlerten's crash.
0: Yeah, yeah. Where,
1: you, you, and I think Buchanan's too, where it's like, I overcooked the corner, yeah, I overcooked yeah. the jump. Yeah, and and it's, this that, was...
0: and it's that thing of elite sport where it's like, you know, it's it's the it's the corollary to the famous Brailsford marginal gains, isn't it? Where it's like, it's the marginal mistakes that... <laughs> <laughs>
1: that should be, I, I don't know if that should be our podcast title today, because I think it's about a lot more than that, but marginal <laughs> mistakes is a really perfect, interesting way to put it.
0: Yeah, you know, but it is, it's, it's, that's the thing. It's, it's like this tiny little thing that, you know, 99 times out of a hundred, you'd actually get away with like your back wheel might slip a little bit and you'd be like, Ooh, but you'd be okay. But every now and then it's, it's just that one time. And um,
1: yeah. Yeah. I mean, especially in a sport like BMX, which mm. is all about um, that, you know, you can, you, you know, go hard or go home. Yeah. Well, it's, I mean, it's, no, it's, it's
0: all about full throated, no fear. Cause there's no time to think like, like you just have to do it. I mean, what's the average run time? It's 40 seconds or 45 something.
1: seconds or yeah. something. Yeah. yeah. Like and, and the same with Anemic Van Vlerten taking that descent. I mean, mm. she wasn't she wasn't the only person to crash. Yeah. And so, Anemic Van Vlerten crashing less than like 30 days after she crashed in yeah, the Olympics, well, and we all thought that she was dead.
0: Almost the same crazy story as you just told us about Caroline Buchanan.
1: Yeah, because Van Vleuten came back and rode the Lotto Belgium Tour. Lotto Belgium Tour is a four stage race in Belgium. It's got, it's kind of a bit frustrating this year because it has fantastic media, really great media, but it also had two stages where there were problems and we'll talk about that in a bit. But Animate Van Vleuten came back and won the prologue. Yeah. And and I'm going to spoiler it. The <laughs> final stage. They have two flat stages in between. Uh, the first stage one was won by Lucinda Brand, and stage two was won by Mariana Voss. It was kind of a bit disappointing because stage two had some exciting features on it, but the race was neutral. know, stage one, and but the race was neutralized in a lot of places because they didn't have enough people to close the roads properly.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So they had to ride it as one peloton, which is very, very disappointing. It and is, I don't, and a bit you know,
0: frustrating and. and... You know, yeah, and annoying.
1: I want to support. I want to support this race, but that is shit. And yeah. I kind of feel, yeah, that's very shit. But the final, so two flat stages, and the final stage was Gerardsbergen to Gerardsbergen, which is obviously the murder Gerardsbergen. Just you know, one of this like, yeah. iconic climb with a chapel at the top. That's that's you know one of the it's, it's classic one of the Flem- holy
0: places of cycling.
1: Yeah, and lots of other climbs in between. And anyway, um, Annemiek van Blurten escapes out of the breakaway, rode solo for quite a while, won solo, won the entire race.
0: Yep. And and just to really cap that off, let's remind you of what Sarah said a few moments ago, less than 30 days since that horrific accident in the Olympics where genuinely feared for her life. I mean, it's still one of the most disturbing things I've ever seen.
1: Yeah, and it turned out she had a cracked... Ver- it turned out that she was nowhere near as badly hurt as, as we thought she would be. She had a cracked vertebrae, yeah. <laughs> um, which I'm amazed that she's riding on I'll 30, guess, you know, I was 30 just days say, later. It's,
0: it's also fucking relative, isn't it? Like, not nearly as badly as we thought. It was just a cracked vertebrae, 18 broken ribs, 2 broken arms, 6 broken legs. You know, she's fine. Like
1: Yeah, um, but she also had a very bad um, concussion and yeah. so she said that the doctors had actually told her not to ride, like not lots of race to, to close her season. But she was like, I couldn't. It was driving me crazy. I had to get back on train. I had to have something to work for, and I'm working for Worlds. And I, I mean, I, I just, I'm in awe. Like, yeah. That's, yeah, that's impressive. Or oh, is it stupid? Well, I don't know. I think, it's,
0: I think it's one of those, it's both. You know, I mean, this is a problem I hate having to talk about, because it's always this agony, you know. Like, like, my personal opinion is you don't fuck with head trauma. Like, like, yeah. your doctor says you're still rocking a concussion. And particularly as we're learning more and more, um, you know, through boxing and the the studies that um, are happening in America about NFL players and the, the lasting and quite frightening um, permanent brain damage that can be caused by multiple concussions, you know, like, I... I really don't think it's the kind of thing to mess with, but at the same time, I totally understand Anna Meek's motivation and desire for, for something to get her back on the bike to, to prove her, her winning form and to, to help shake loose the ghost of the Olympics past. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. it's tons. It's a tough tons
1: one. There's there's tons of videos. And she talks about this in English with amazing interviews with uh, Felix Mattis <laughs> on the.
0: Well, apart from apart from the bit where he calls her Mariana <laughs> Yeah.
1: Oh, Felix put up this little clip on his Twitter. Ladies and gentlemen, let me introduce you to Marianique van Vosten, because um, because he goes to uh, so and so Mariana and and uh and then he realizes what he says, and Anique just laughs at him
0: <laughs> yeah uh, i she was actually she was incredible. i mean as you would expect her to be, she was incredibly graceful, she laughed and then said thank you but <laughs> <laughs> Just an awesome, and I mean, you know, I'm not not laughing at Felix. I mean, I'm laughing with him. He's he's no, but I'm
1: laughing. I'm laughing with Felix. He's awesome, but he's also awesome in that he put that up.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because there's a lot of people. There's a
1: lot of people. Yeah, there's a lot of media people who wouldn't put that up. But you know, Felix, he's German. He may as well. It's funny. (laughs) He knows everyone's going to like it. Look, look what you know. I made this mistake, but his videos are awesome. Um. The other race that has awesome videos, so then we had this week, week weekend, which had so much racing at the Mountain Bike Worlds. It had the Madrid Challenge by La Vuelta. It had the last stage of the Giro Toscana, and it had the Chrono Champenois. Now, the Giro Toscana was won by Ashley Moorman-Pasio. She won the Prologue, and then she won the Stage 3. Stage 1 was stage one was sorry, stage two. Stage one was run by Anna Zita Maria Stricker. I have to say, and Ash Mormon won the general classification. Yeah. It was quite a clever move, I think, by um well, by uh Clever, Cervelo,
0: clever big slash Cervelo Bigler. Cynical like a fox, you know, like
1: It was cynical like a fox because um you may or may not remember that a couple of years mm-hmm. ago the riders refused to ride the final stage of the Giro Toscana because it was incredibly dangerous, and there's most of the big teams are never going to go back.
0: Yeah, and so and even if it thing. wasn't, it's it, it's and it's hard to overstate how important that protest was. We're talking Mariana Voss, Elisa Longo Borghini, Emma um, Johansson, Emma Johansson, Georgia Bronzini, um, you know, all standing up and going this is unacceptable it's dangerous and not just as riders but then the whole teams you know rabo orica um you know like 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 all the big teams going yeah our riders are are not safe we're not making them ride and we're not coming back
1: well all the big teams except for tipco and poor poor claudia lichtenberg who won the stage that year who was just gutted who said that she didn't think that she should have won it like her team told her to ride she had to ride she didn't want to ride, and she was, you know. I don't think I'm the winner. I think Mariana Voss is the winner. Yeah. I yeah. Yeah, so anyway, so it's a little bit. I mean, so I did. So when Ash, I mean, great riding by Ash. She still had to beat people. Yeah. But,
0: yeah.
1: But you know, I do think that's a cynical move by Savello Bigler because that's that's a that's a you know they can rock up there and that's pretty much you know the. The, they're, they're by far the biggest team in that race, and yeah.
0: Yeah, it would have been a much more much more telling story if they'd rocked up and not won, you know.
1: Yes, them. yes, or if they'd rocked up at the Madrid Challenge. So the Madrid Madrid Challenge yeah. also was missing Rabo Live. It was missing um, Canyon Shram, obviously Bigler. It was missing Canyon Shram because all of Canyon, pretty much all of Canyon Shram's riders were having a bit of a go at the time trial, the Chrono Champenois the yep. chrono Champenois is one of the few standalone itts and because worlds would normally be this weekend or next weekend the chrono Champenois is like one of those things that you do to test your form to see how you're going before world championships
0: yep yep and, and actually
1: this year it was before the european championships it was won by um, it was won by Catherine garfoot um ahead of 12 seconds ahead of olga zablin's with Alan Van Dyke in third, Amber Evan in fourth, Lisa Brenner in fifth. And yeah, it was um it's in you know, it's an interesting again it wasn't the full it wasn't the full range of time trialists, but those yeah. are some pretty bloody good time trialists. It, yeah, there. Yeah, exactly. It's and, not
0: everyone but those are not no ones either. Yeah, yeah and
1: Kat at beating Alan Van Dyke is significant.
0: Although... Yeah, it is, but then, you know, we're still just over two weeks out from, from Worlds, so, you know, there's a lot that can happen in the meantime, you know? Um, yeah, yeah, well, that,
1: that would be three weeks, isn't it? Yeah, Maybe yeah, more yeah. yeah.
0: yeah exactly. so,
1: so, Madrid Challenge? Oh, yeah, about, I mean, oh, um, look,
0: you know how I feel about this. It's it's essentially my, my basic attitude is the same as La Course. Like, you know, I... I I think it's a bit of bullshit that um, the race organisers have still not moved past. You know, here's a token crit. That said, it's not bull- a crit.
1: It's not yeah. a crit. I wouldn't mind if it was a
0: crit. Oh, all right. I
1: wouldn't mind if it was a crit. It's 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 yeah. that thing where it's halfway between a crit, which has very specialised racing and very specialised yeah, yeah, skills, no, fast no, and furious.
0: It's a good point. And yeah, you're right. I should. say like crit. I shouldn't say crit as if there's something wrong with crit. It's you know that's unfair of me, but it. it It's it's a race that, like, as you say, it's halfway between. It's not really a thing, and it could be a thing if they just bothered to make it a thing. You know, all of which said. The riders are professionals and they love their sport and they love to race and they love to compete and so they race the shit out of it. Um, you know They raced
1: the shit out of it, they tried to get away, they attacked, they you know, Claudia Lichtenberg ended up in a two one breakaway that was doomed.
0: Yeah. It
1: ended up in a bunch of sprints.
0: It's pretty full on when two things, you know, no one gets more than about thirty seconds max as a as a break, um, and your average speed is over forty Ks. So you know that it's a pretty fuck off serious race in in that circumstance. So bunch sprint, Yolink Dora crossed for the win, uh, for Wiggle Honda, Wiggle High Five. Um Chloe Hosking in second. Had um, teammates? Yeah, yeah. Which um and you know, both heading to worlds, which is um pretty pretty bodes pretty well for them. And um I've forgotten who was in third. Marta Bastianelli. Marta Bastianelli, that's right. Yes, yes. So, um, you know, very, again, interesting. Again, you know, we've got, we've got um, I guess, a split weekend with some riders at, at Champenois, some um, at this, some at Toscana, uh, still weirds me out. Um, you know, so not not necessarily the full-strength fields, but still interesting fields and interesting results, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: yeah. One of the things I really liked about the Madrid Challenge was seeing Megan Guarnier out there, in her bowls, dolmens, um, teammate teammate super-domestic position, riding her heart out for all her teammates.
0: Yeah, and, and actually, I did enjoy her... Like, she launched a big attack at, like, what, 30 Ks to go or something, which, I mean, I just took as as a bit of a... I mean, obviously helping her team, but also a bit of a, you know, pay respect to her being the, the first winner of the Women's World Tour and, and that sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. It's
1: not a race you'd expect um to race, but with lots of bowls riders not wanting to ride it, um Lizzie Armitstead was is out on was out on wedding preparation duties, half the team was out at Chrono Champenois, Ellen van Dyke for example. So Guarnier, but, yeah, it was Guarnier definitely honouring the jersey. And Guarnier had won it, like, way back in Vagorda. Like, no one could yeah. beat her after after the Vagorda TTT, I think. He, um, she just... she, So it wasn't something that she had to do, and it wasn't at all a Megan Guarnier race. But yeah. I really liked it. It was just one of those things where you go, yeah, this is why I like you, and this is why I like the sport.
0: Yeah, you know, you, exactly. You've you those... won the Giro. Yeah, those little marks of... of... Um, respect and tradition and sports personship and, and stuff like that, that just, um, uh, they're just nice flourishes on top of, you know, good hard racing.
1: Yeah, yeah, and and if you want to see the the UCI, we'll put this in our in our podcast post. But the, in cycle did a uh, a little clip thing with with Guarnier, where she walked through the season with cycle, talking about each race. Yeah, and there was this thing. I mean, the way that she talks about how happy she was that Chantal Bluck won. Um, uh, Rhonda van Drenta, for example, it's just, oh, she's just my kind rider. You know, mm-hmm. she, she rides her heart out for her teammates. She's happy for her teammates. She wins races. She's fun. She wins. She attacks. She never gives up. And so, yeah, that was, that was, I recommend that. Um, oof let 's just fly through some more. We said mountain bike worlds. Rachel Atherton won the downhill um, it was the downhill mountain bike worlds because we had cross country making rachel atherton 's perfect World Cup season where she was unbeaten in the World Cup the perfect season yeah. unbeaten in the big top races Which oh my
0: God is just an incredible achievement like like i i I mean I was blown away when it was just you know perfect World Cup season, but perfect season is insane like just uh an amazing achievement and full respect to to Rach and you know I, I i don't even have words like that's it's just so so impressive
1: So and so and she's 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 kind of saying you know what made me do it was was she was beaten in the qualifiers by tiny seagrave i think in cairns in the first round of the world cup and she's like right i've got to step up I've got to step up, but she doesn't like talk about it in terms of I'm so much better than everyone else. She talks about it in terms of other people pushing themselves, make me push them myself. And yeah. you know, yeah. I couldn't do it without my, without my competitors because they make me, they make, they keep me kind of focused and keep, keep me exactly. excited and,
0: and keep me challenged. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah.
1: So um, what else? Well, we had the European championships. The ITT was won by Ellen Van Dyke. Um, which was very interesting because, of course, no um, no Cat Garfurt in this because yeah. Kat Garfurt is Australian and not European um, yet. Um, but, <laughs> but Ellen Van Dyke won it 18 seconds ahead of Anna van der Breger and 23 seconds ahead of Olga Skyer, who had come second, second in, in uh, Champenois. Champenois yeah. And there's a really lovely interview again talking about riders because, of course, Ellen Van Dyke had that terrible moment where she went off course in the Olympic ITT mm. that kind of kept her out of the medals and maybe, probably, I think, out of the gold. Yeah. So she's saying, you know, but it's not the Olympics, but, you know, it really, you know, it's kind of made her, you know, it's still, it's still a good result.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: and Van der Breger, after coming second in the um, ITT, Won the road race. Um, she was in a four-one break with Kastiy- K- 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 Katagiri and who's now the under twenty-three European champ. Elise least Borghini was third, and Alina Amielusic was fourth. The whole road race was televised, um, fantastically as races can be in France. That you either get nothing or you get fantastic. It's like this is n- weird. I mean, but this is French racing, you know? Well, I was French say, racing that, that is either like
0: the a- French way, isn't it? It's just yeah, yeah,
1: terrible or fantastic, um, nothing in between. Um, so you can watch that uh, also on our blog the Enduro World Series was also in France This is um, Enduro racing is kind of like a mix between cross country and mountain bike and marathon and you have lots of races over the same weekend competition it was in Valberg in France and the landscapes are extraordinary like just oh my god I love mountain bike photography anyway because yeah. you know mountains are beautiful but they've got like these amazing paths through grey rock and then through forest, and then climbing through picturesque villages, and then just stunning, stunning mountains. I don't know where Valberg is in France. I want to go there and hike through the hills because, oh my god, um, <laughs> that was won by Cecile, Rabbit, Cecile Ravenel ahead of Isabel Cordurier, with Ines Toma in third. Ah,
0: uh, wow! <sighs> and then you know, much like, much like um, you know, every year when I go to the shops and earlier and earlier. There are decorations and horrific songs that are crimes against humanity playing. And I'm like, oh, holy fuck, it's July and they're advertising Christmas already. Um, Cyclocross has started.
1: Cyclocross has started. The World Cup, we had World Cup round one on Wednesday and World Cup round two. Um, as Christmas is coming early, I think you would hate the Jingle Cross because <laughs> everything in the Jingle Cross is Christmas-themed because normally it's held in December, but because it wants to be a World Cup, it's held tomorrow. Well, again, until,
0: until they learn to fucking tidy up their social media and stop being so crass um, with their, their choice of brand imagery, I don't know that they're gonna going to exactly fit the requirements for a World Cup.
1: Yeah, they do have unfortunate choice of what should we pick? They have over sixty races. Yeah, over sixty races for all age groups. Yeah. It's fantastic. It's an amazing so weekend. Let's... They have fireworks. They have rock concerts. They <laughs> have amazing, amazing community engagement. It's it's like this wonderful, wonderful over sixty races, man.
0: And it's not like it's not like the sport isn't at its at its pro level already sorted with form fitting Lycra. You know, you don't actually have to choose to make the the shot with all the dudes in speedos and all the girls in bikinis your your fucking, you know title title image, like No, it's
1: worse. It's worse because the title image shots they haven't one of the things they have is an underwear race. No. a speedo race there um, and and it's basically it's one lap and it's to raise money for charity it raises a lot of money for charity apparently people who enjoy it really really enjoy it and i think yeah in the context well, of over I... 60 races it's not my choice but yeah, okay fine. great great um but they've chosen to have as their avatar women in bikinis and lingerie lining up behind the grinch and on their page, on their video, on their Vimeo page, the, the, yeah. the, the, the picture that they use to, you know, you have like this, this, the, the front cover picture of your video, if you like, is the women in bikinis lining up on the front line.
0: See, and, and this is the thing, like, you don't need to go to that level. Like, the Grinch is strong enough on his own. Like, just, just leave the message that you want. Christmas is shit. We're leaving Christmas behind. And we're moving Jingle Cross to a different time. Grinch. You know, done. You don't need, you know. I I have no problem with the race or whatever. Adults can make their own choices and blah blah blah. But in terms of how you present your event, fuck me, you look, you look just like classless basically i think
1: it's i think it's an interesting thing because people go well women didn't mind riding that race i'm like yeah the women didn't mind mind riding that race but did you ask them whether you whether they'd want the pictures of them in bikinis because all these women who rode the race also rode other races
0: yeah did they want that all over the internet
1: and did they want that as the kind of because this has got a world cup and this is going to be a very interesting thing to watch in the future because american cross has a very specific culture where they have lots of races on at the same time and people who've ridden the lower cap races then turn out to cheer for the higher cap races. So mostly it's a part, you know, it's, it's riders and their friends who are the crowd. So they have the beer hand ups, the dollar hand ups, ride around with a rubber chicken, um, you know, uh, lots of heckling, shouting abuse at people as they go past. And I feel like, yeah, that's, that's their culture of the sport on the one hand. On the other hand, they're also asking to be part of the World Cup. And being part of the World Cup means that you have to look pro. And yeah. I would just question why, out of all this amazing imagery, I mean, Mount Crumpet, I can't even say that, Mount Crumpet looks like a really killer hill. Is this it, course is looks it a brilliant.
0: Is actually made out of crumpets, though? Because that would be uh, fucking incredible. Just...
1: They've just named all of their features ridiculous because normally it's just before Christmas, so they've all they've named all their features ridiculous Christmassy um you know, what? wintry Christmasy things.
0: Is, since when it crumpets a Christmas thing. <sighs>
1: I, I don't even know if crumpet even means the same thing in America as it does here, but there is an irony in that crumpet can also mean um, totty, attractive ladies. Oh my god. Oh, <laughs> my don't god. They you know, just know made that, that, but they so I don't dirty. think they know that.
0: Oh. I, think that's,
1: I think that's an exact. Exactly. Oh no, so,
0: you made Mount Crumpet. Oh my god.
1: Yeah, um, but I don't think, but that's that's cultural differences So yeah, I mean, it is a fantastic race And I don't want to knock the jingle cross Because it's fantastic I just really seriously question Whoever's in charge of their social media strategy Going, you know, which, which photo should we have? Yeah. I have all our imagery So they have a banner photo across the top of their Twitter Of men racing in the mud And then their Twitter avatar is the Grinch Lined up with a load of women in bikinis behind it
0: yeah, and see, that's where I'm like, yeah, I think you're going to have a hard time meeting the media standards for the World Cups if um, if that's what you... Yeah, anyway, it's for them to sort out, I guess.
1: I mean, this is... The other thing is is that Americans... Remember the arguments we had a couple of years ago where Americans were telling us that giving men and women um, hoovers on the podium was sexist?
0: Oh, right. Okay. Okay.
1: I don't, you know, I was like, no, 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 they're giving the same prize, yeah. this is the Netherlands. Yeah, like, yeah, the yeah. Netherlands, there's not a cultural connotation of only only women do the hoovering in, in the Netherlands, and they gave the same thing to the men, but yeah, this is... Um, yeah, well, it's-,
0: yeah, it's a fair point, I mean, maybe it is, yeah, okay, well... Look, all I'm saying is, you know, God help us if we have to resort to President Trump being the one to to oh. find his way through the diplomatic nightmare that is resolving this issue. I think it behooves all of us uh the the organizers of jingle cross first and foremost to to preemptively solve this i call on them to not leave it to a trump presidency
1: <laughs> oh my god i can just hear our american listeners like have heart attacks he's australian we can just mock him just just say now Roo, a couple of times oh. and come. Yeah. Um so so we had the first round of the cycling cross World Cup. It was Cross Vegas. It was won by Sophie Debour. It was so exciting. It came um first uh, if there was a uh, Catherine Pendrel had done an early attack. It came down to a final three group of three between Sophie De Boer, Katharina Nash, who was Catherine Pendrell's teammate, and Katie Compton. Um, so exciting because it looked like De Boer was actually dropped on one of the climbs, she caught back on, attacked immediately. It came down to a three-woman sprint, De Boer winning, and I am so happy because she had sickness and illness, and I'm just glad that she's had problems with her teams, and problems, problems, problems over the last few years, saying that she won the World Cup. You can see the whole race replay, um, on our, which we've linked to on our site, ProWomenCycling.com, and you can also watch the Jingle Cross, which, despite their bikini obsession, is an amazing race we should all watch it that's saturday 24th of september and if you miss it live you can watch it again on the uci website all details on our site dot ah <sighs> shit Dan. we're like somewhere over like five minutes over an hour
0: no 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 we're fine we're fine i mean this is going to be one of our shortest podcasts in a long time <laughs> yeah
1: so but that's it i mean Wow. wow. This weekend there's also the Giro dell'Amelia um really lovely autumn classic in, in Italy. We've got uh, the Giro dell'Amilia um on Saturday and the Grand Premier Bruno Breheli on Sunday. And then on the 9th of October the World, World Championship weekend. start in, in Doha in Qatar. And the cyclocross season kicks off in Europe. Well, properly in Europe with the um with the various yeah. uh, the two big seasons in the first week of october so lots of things still to come lots
0: of things still to come we'll be back um with a a a heap to talk about just ahead of worlds and um and you know uh feel free to hit us up with your favorite skype emoji um or or (laughs) other things you can find sarah on twitter at underscore pigeons underscore Uh, You can get me at DanWOfficial. Uh, Do also, if you haven't already, swing by patreon.com forward slash women's cycling and commit to just uh, sharing a couple of bucks a month to help uh, keep Sarah afloat while she collects and collates all of this incredible cycling news for us and and brings us uh, happiness and joy in our uh, (laughs) daily lives. Uh, happiness
1: and joy i wish i could bring you happiness and joy that would make me happy to bring you
0: happiness. <laughs> that's too much happiness now it's saccharine uh, <laughs> all right uh thanks thank for you listening. very much for yeah. listening